7.45 on a Saturday, it means it's time for another Wine Chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Denny. How, nippy morning. It is a nippy morning, yes, indeed. Well, I, I think of uh, some good uh, good wine to serve with some nice, hot, spicy food, maybe. I don't know. What are we going to yeah. talk about today? You know what I'm going to talk about today is port. Mm. And there's nothing better on a cold, bitter cold night than a glass of port. And port's a very interesting wine. You know, the wine people divide wines into three categories, sparkling, table, and fortified. Sparkling is, of course, uh, any champagne or sparkling wine. Table wines are red, white, and the varietals and the burgundies and the Hungarian, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that are meant with food. And then there's fortified wines where uh, brandy, or an alcohol form, it isn't always brandy, but is added during fermentation to keep the wine fairly sweet and stabilize it. And that's what port is. It's a fortified wine, and uh, some of the famous fortified wines would be sherry, Madeira, Marsala. Even vermouth is oftentimes a fortified wine. And But the most famous of all, of course, is port. And port comes from uh, the second largest city in Portugal, Oporto. And if you ever get the opportunity, I suggest you go there. It really is wonderful. The uh, Douro River divides the city of Port, and it's the main uh, pathway of navigation and travel for years and years and years. Of course, uh, back in the 20s, they put a switchback road in so you could get up and down out to the valley where Port Wine is grown, and they didn't have to use those Rabellos. Barco de Rabello is a boat they used for for hundreds of years that brought the ports down from the valley where it was grown and then brought it to the city to be shipped. And unlike many, many things, uh, port was developed not for the Portuguese. It was developed for the English market. And it's probably no surprise that today, when you're in England, uh, port is very, very popular there. As a matter of fact, it's a sort of a family tradition in uh, a lot of English noble families where the grandfather will lay down port for all the grandchildren. It used to be just for the grandson. However, that's changed over the past 25, 30 years, and they do it for the granddaughters too. And they lay aside vintage port because of all the wines made anywhere in the world, the wine that you are absolutely sure will last the longest is vintage port. I've had some vintage port going back literally to the 1800s, and the wine was absolutely marvelous. So uh, a lot of the port laid down, particularly vintage port, you're sure to make sure when your granddaughter or grandson is 50, 60 years old, the wine will still be good. And with vintage port, that's generally the case. And like anything that was set up for another country, if you look at the names of the great houses of Portugal, Croft, Grahams, Cockburn, Sandeman, Wares, Taylor, Taylor Flagate, are all English names because, as I said, this was an industry created strictly for export. During the seventeen early 1700s, the English were at war with the French, and there was a uh, blockade on English on uh, French wine to England, and so a couple of merchants went over to Portugal, found this wonderful wine that was fortified, had brandy to it in an abbey, bought the whole abbey supply, and thus began the English 
taking over of this wine. Now, they do make other wines in uh, the Oporto region, table wine, and some of them aren't really too bad. They're very pleasant, etc. But their mainstay, of course, is fortified wine, and port is that. It's uh, a wonderful area to visit. I, in fact, if you get an opportunity, go in June. On June 23rd, they celebrate the Feast of St. John in the, reg- in the town of Oporto. And I've been lucky enough to be there a couple times. People get these long uh, garlics. They're about, oh, four feet long, and there's a garlic bulb on the end. <clears throat> Go up and down the streets and hit it one another on the head. They say it's from a pagan festival years ago, but it's charming. The city comes alive at dark and goes until the 24th, wee hours of the morning. And we were fortunate enough to be one of the porthouses uh, at a penthouse uh and the, we went and watched the fireworks there and they were some of the most spectacular fireworks i've ever seen on the 23rd of uh june in Oporto. the uh visit is sensational because uh the fireworks are incredible there's a bridge there that was designed by gustafa fell same guy that did the eiffel tower Pardon me. And that bridge uh, had a cascade of fireworks coming down. It looked like Niagara Falls. It was one of the most spectacular things I've ever seen. And from our vantage point, we could overlook all of Puerto, and the fire departments were on all the roofs because everybody sets off these balloons that are lit by fire underneath and heat the air up and go up in the air, and they stay on the roofs to wash them down in case one of those balloons doesn't. Uh, go where it's supposed to, out to sea, and falls on the roof of a house. They don't want any fire. But anyhow, that's the joy of the place. There's good food, uh, and during this festival, a lot of the houses take out their old boats, which are no longer used anymore, those Barco de Robellas that I told you about. And we were fortunate enough, my family and myself, to be in the race once. We didn't win. We came in third. But we had an awful lot of fun doing it. But that's the region itself. It's just a fun place to visit. Uh, but let's talk uh, about the wine. The wine is a noble history. It's the third oldest regionally demarked wine in all of Europe. And incidentally, one of the if a good reason to go to that festival is um, one of the European magazines calls it the best festival in all of Europe, that St. John Festival on June 23rd, and yet it's very, very little known outside the country. The older ones are, of course, Chiani, which we've talked about in the past, and Tokai from Hungary. The next one is Oporto. Uh, Oporto probably produces about 9 million cases of wine a year to be scattered about the globe, and everybody makes port. Port is made in Australia, New Zealand, California, uh, you name a, a wine growing area, and they produce some kind of fortified wine and call it port. But believe me, nothing, nothing beats original port from Oporto. It's a wine unto itself and can't really, in my opinion, be duplicated whatsoever. And don't forget, because it's fortified, port is high in alcohol. It's usually anywhere from 18 and a half to 21% alcohol, and uh, usually port is served uh, after the meal, and as I started this out with talking about wine for cold weather, if you were sitting in front of a fire and had a little glass of port, 
and perhaps a little sliver of Stilton cheese, that's blue cheese from England, uh, and maybe a walnut or two, boy, you'd know God was in heaven and all's right with the world. There's nothing more pleasant than that. Port comes in several styles. Uh, Generally, ruby port, which is the most common, is the least expensive and the most extensively produced of all the ports. It's stored in these big concrete tanks, or in stainless steel, and it's a deep red color. That's thus the name Ruby Port. Uh, it really doesn't benefit from any age, uh, etc. But it's a, a nice wine to have. And then there's uh, they even in 2004, so it's only 15 years old. They created a Port Rosé. I don't particularly care for it. It's a fortified rosé, so it's kind of sweet. And the only difference between it and another port is the color. It's a pale pink color. And uh, then there's Tawny Port. Tawny Port is an aged port that uh, are aged in wooden barrels, and it gets its color. It looks a little bit like adobe brick, if you will. Uh, That Tawny Port is the basis for vintage port, etc. Tawny Ports can run the gamut from sweet to medium dry, and again, they're all sweet because they generally all port, whether it's tawny or ruby, is uh, after dinner and it's sweet. However, the exception is white port. White port is made from white grapes, Malvasia usually, and uh, it's a uh, interesting wine because I think it makes a nice aperitif served ice cold. It's absolutely delicious. As a matter of fact, a drink in Operto in the summer when you're at the St. John's Festival uh, would be white port with tonic water, some ice, and a squeeze of lemon in it. And actually, it is a pretty good drink. Uh, it's very pleasant. But I've had just plain white port served ice cold as an aperitif, and it's pretty good. And it, it's also good with things like sardines, which are a very common uh, dish in Portugal. You'd think uh, being Norwegian or Scandinavian, that's where the sardines come from. No, the Portuguese, you know, were fishing those cod banks uh, and close to the United States for hundreds of years, some claim thousands of years. But then there's late bottle vintage port, and this is always a bargain. It's a wine that was set aside as vintage port, but was left in the barrel for a longer time because there wasn't any demand for the vintage port. And that is always a bargain. You can get late bottle vintage port uh, from various different years, and the wine is really exceptional if you don't want to spend the money for a vintage port. For a vintage port, the consortium in Douro, Portugal, has to declare a vintage. And you as your house, whether you're Graham's or Taylor Flaggate or whoever, can decide you're going to have a vintage or maybe you're not. Port is a little like champagne. In other words, they want, if you had a bottle of Graham's port today and you're going to have a bottle 20 years from now, they want the port to be kind of the same. And so they strive for a style. And that style is the style port for that house, whether it's Taylor or or Sandeman's, <coughs> excuse me, or whatever type you want. And as I said, that late bottle vintage port is a good substitute for vintage port. Well, vintage port is very English, as I said. Uh, the English absolutely love vintage port, and why not? 
It is absolutely terrific. I have a very good 1931, and we have a bottle of 31 port, which incidentally is considered the greatest vintage of the whole 20th century. Ooh, 31. 31. 31. Yeah. Wow. Well, Jack, yeah. we're just about out of time. We're going to have it on his 90th Outstanding. Birthday. You have to let us Any, know about that. Anyhow, if you want port or you want champagne or you just want advice, Go in and see the folks at Haskell's. They love to talk about wine. They love to help you out with a perfect wine. And, you know, best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that will not break the bank. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. Off of 35, you'll find the Haskell's in Faribault. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. There's a Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis with free parking both Saturday and Sunday. Haskell's in Minnetonka. Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our winter wine catalog. And don't forget, there's a wonderful wine shop on the hot, on the Nicollet Mall. If you're looking for a glass of wine on a cold day, stop in and see the Haskell's Wine Bar in the mall. That's really a big hit, isn't it, that wine yeah, bar? Yeah, very much so. It really is. Well, Jack, we're going to let you go warm up and maybe have some port later on tonight. I think that's a great I think idea. I'll have a, a little port. I may even open the window a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just to chill it out. All right, let's talk one week from today, Jack. I'm going to look forward All to right. it. Thanks very much. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.